Today, you're going to hear our last message from our annual Awake Women's Conference. It was such a powerful time, and we hope that you've enjoyed the messages from the conference. Listen in as TCSC alumni and Women's Conference organizer Crystal Hale closes out the conference with a powerful word. I've been to so many different functions like this in the last 11 years of I started to walk with the Lord and stuff, and it just really became very sober and real as I was just praying and preparing for our time. You know, man, God just did such a real, real thing last night and spoke very specific words through this whole time, but even last night through us and confirmed. And I mean, we would go share with one and somebody just went and shared that same word. And it's just like, I mean, it was just like so real and in the atmosphere. And so God has spoken to each one of you guys in this time. So real. He has met you and, and you have encountered him and such a real, real, real way. And sometimes, you know, in all of the excitement, I just remember every time I would go to some kind of women's conference or some kind of event and get all hyped up on Jesus and I would come down off that, we call it the mountaintop, so to speak, and come back into the reality of life, the everyday, the mundane things of life. I was almost like ran into a brick wall because the excitement, almost the enemy just completely robbed it from me. I got to walk out of these doors and go back home to a house full of dishes and clothes and three kids and all of that kind of madness and try to put my life back together. <laughs> and I know the reality of walking out of these doors. I'm excited. I have encountered God, but the world and everything else around me hasn't had this same experience. And even though you're going back home with your sisters and you guys still have chapel and all that kind of stuff, it's, it's just like kind of back to that small space. We just had God speak so powerfully to us. And it's almost like that's when the enemy can come in and begin to rob what he's speaking to you. See, the Bible says that Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him as righteousness. That against all hope, that there was no hope for what God had promised him. He couldn't see it. It said that he kept hoping. And it even says that his faith grew stronger. That blows me away. When it seems absolutely impossible, he kept hoping for that, saint, that promise that God had given him, that word that God had spoken to him, and his faith had grew, grew even stronger in believing and waiting for the hope and the promise that God had promised him. So I, it's really serious. That, you know, I kind of want to almost go into a serious mode, and I just sense the quietness. Listen. The Bible says, do not be ignorant of the schemes of the enemy. Listen, our master, Jesus, the one who was paved the way and, and came here and walked with us and just showed us, he did the same exact thing to Jesus. Right as Jesus was being baptized by John the Baptist and, you know, Jesus, he said that this must happen. And he came up out of the water. The heavens opened up and a voice came and said, this is my son in who I am well pleased and the Holy Spirit descended on him. And it said that the Holy Spirit drove him out into the desert where he was tempted by the enemy. And you know the first thing that the, the Bible says in, in Matthew chapter 4? It is just this whole portion of scripture changed my life when I first began to, to read the Bible and learn how to read. It says, the enemy came to him and said, if you are the son of God. 
do this. Make something happen. It blows my mind because Jesus did not respond to that. He didn't say, I needed to prove myself. Remember, ladies, what the Lord just said in the very beginning of this. You are no longer going to fight for something. You're going to fight from something. You don't have to prove yourself. Christ himself never proved himself. They came to him all throughout the scripture and said, show me a sign. Show me a sign. I want to see who you are. Show me the Father. And at that, that, that pushing of needing to make something happen, I want you to prove to me that you're a daughter. I need you to prove to me that you're a woman of God. He refused to respond to that. And he always just came back with the word. It is written. I love that Matthew 4, 4 is just my favorite. For man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That verse changed my life. Just because I really realized everything that God was saying to me is that I needed to really rely on his word and not the physical, not myself, not anything. I just had a real visual of this literally, this man named Jesus who was the complete word of God. And he was who I needed to feast on. So just know this is, we're not ignorant. We understand, yes, fear can creep in, all that stuff. But you need to allow something of faith to rise up in you. To just keep watering. I had this image this morning of, you know, God just really, I even just seen it in this room this morning. I was just praying. I was thinking about um, the parable of the sower. Jesus gives this parable in Matthew 13 about sowing seed and casting seed and some of it falling on good ground. Some of you guys that may not know that hard ground, all these different seed that were cast on different soil. But I just seen the Lord, they would plow the ground uh, you know, these farmers, and I just seen it in this room, just like they would take this metal thing, and back in the day they had horses or mules or whatever, but it would just be shoved in the ground, and they would have to break up all the rocky places, all the soil, just begin to till the ground, and I just seen it, just row after row after row, just straight lines, and I felt like those straight lines were purpose cause, purposeful, because God is going to make all the crooked paths in our lives straight, just he's making straight ways, because he is the way, he is the straight way into heaven, and the seed was just being planted, and then it's been covered up. And this is almost that last watering. Well, guess what? Now you have to go and tend out of here and keep tending your garden. Keep tending your heart. Those weeds that start popping up, all those little things that start kind of coming in to try to, to choke out. And it's a trip that in that parable, after Jesus kind of gives a little bit of an explanation, you can look it up in Matthew 13 later. Um, it, it says, you know, I just think I, it, there's a revelation in there. It says, when persecution and trouble came at account of the word, the enemy wants to come and steal the seed. He wants to come and refute, refute the word of, that God is speaking into your heart. Because the word has gone forth, the enemy wants to come against that word. So we receive it with joy sometimes, but when all the trouble comes, because it's going to come at account of the word that has been spoken to you, the enemy is going to try to rob that seed and that vision that God is giving you in your heart. It said that, you know, many just kind of give up. But you're not going to be a people that gives up. But you're going to kind of uproot those. So as I was really, God's been just really, I, let's go to James. I don't even necessarily know. James chapter 1. 
important. You know, last night, <clears throat> it was so cool because I was like, yeah, we're going to lay hands on people. We're going to, Holy Spirit. The Lord said, you ain't going to lay hands on nobody. I'm going to lay my hands on them. And it was just so, yes, Lord. You know, today is the celebration of Pentecost Sunday. That we celebrate the gift that God had given us to send his Holy Spirit to live inside of us, to be a comforter, to remind us of all the things that God is speaking to us. And just to, to, to give us wise counsel, to teach us and lead us in all things. I love Jesus said many things. He said, I believe it's in John, told his disciples, I have to share with you. But you really can't retain them right now. But don't worry, the Holy Spirit's going to come and live in you, and he's going to give you instruction one foot in front of the, another, and he's just going to be that voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. I'm going to be the peace that lives inside of you. I'm going to be your joy even when everything else kind of just says, don't be joyful. I'm going to rise up in you because joy isn't always this outward expression of like, yes, Lord. It's a deep resonation that you know that your God is going to be faithful on your behalf. You know, it said with the joy that was set before him, Jesus went to the cross. I don't find anywhere in scriptures where he was carrying that cross, leaping for joy, and singing hallelujah. But there was a deep, he knew what he was going to accomplish. He knew what he was going to receive at the end of his faithfulness of giving his life for us. So it is not always this excitement but it's a resolve within you to understand that God is going to be faithful on your end. So listen, we know that temptation is going to come. And in James chapter 1, I think it's 1, right? Oh, wait. Let's see if I can find where I'm supposed to be. 15? So I'll start in, in 13. It says, let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Here we go. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown or allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. Listen, the enemy's going to come and plant. I just kind of always think about, I, I said this the other day, but there's only like really two ways that the Lord, I mean, the enemy just really wants to come and always distort stuff. This way and this way. Is it horizontal and vertical? Did I get that right? Going to come against what God is saying. And then he's always the accuser of the brethren. If he can't really get you to rob you this way, he'll try to rob you this way. And, you know, as we get into this little part, I'm going to talk about how we can put to death the things of the flesh by the spirit. Matter of fact, I'll, I'll wait for that. Let me, let me just. So the enemy wants to come in and begin to sow a seed. I think even just about a child being, it says, uh, then... When desire has conceived, I think about a little child, a baby that's been conceived in the womb. So a seed has been planted in your heart, a lie from the enemy. And when it's allowed to grow, it bursts forth sin. So when you allow that to kind of take, 
place in your heart. It causes you to have sinful actions. You get frustrated with people. You get short with people. You listen to that gossip, and you start thinking the same way about your sisters. You start allowing complaining. Complaining's a big one. That was something the Lord just dealt with me a month ago, and is still dealing with me. Sometimes it's hard. We just complain. Life is hard. But those seeds begin to be planted, and they take, they, you know, come to conception, and they cause a sinful act. Well, if we allow that, to continue to fester, it's going to birth death. It's going to start robbing the life that God is speaking over you and the things that he's doing. And if we allow it to continue to f come to full grown, it's going to completely, how do you know the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy? It's going to birth death. <clears throat> but I love this just, the Lord just kind of in Romans chapter 8 you have the spirit of God living in you now. You asked last night and he gave to you. So now Romans chapter eight says, therefore, brethren, we are not, we are not indebted to the flesh anymore to live. This is Romans uh, chapter eight, verse 12 is kind of where I start started to live according to the flesh for if we live according to the flesh you will die but if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body you will live you can put to death by the spirit that lives inside of you the misdeeds of your flesh those sinful desires that live inside of us that's what the holy spirit came to really help us more than anything is to do to be able to deny the flesh to deny the lies of the enemy to deny sin and really put to death those things by the spirit now how do you do that timothy timothy chapter one Timothy chapter 1, verse 4. Timothy chapter 1, verse 4 says, For bodily exercise profits little, but godliness is profitable for all things. Having a promise of the life that now is, and of the one which is to come. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance. So he's saying physical exercise, he gives this illustration of physical exercise is good for us. It profits a little, but to, to, uh, to exercise godliness, it profits us much in all things. And it has a promise with it. So you have to exercise the spirit that is in you. You have to actually put it into practice, your faith. What he's saying to you, many of you, the Lord's just saying, man, I'm making you a mouthpiece and it's time for you to open your mouth. So you need to start sharing with your sisters. You need to start exercising that muscle to begin to, and yes, it's, a, it's fearful. We kept talking all about the unknown. Man, that's where God dwells. 
I'm telling you, it's exciting. And all God is going to do is each time you step out into the unknown, just little steps, you start making those exercise moments to exercise godliness and the things that God are saying to you. You're, they're just going to be like, we always talk about me and my husband, these like these stones of remembrance that God has done. Like we always draw back to like, he's never let me down. He's never caused me to be ashamed. He's never left me in times where I've just trusted him and walked it out in faith. He's never left me. And I draw from those things moving into my future. Doesn't mean I want to stay back there. I want to grow, but I draw from that place and remember that God is going to still be with me. He's the same God today, yesterday, and forever. He is going to do exactly what he said he is going to do. And he is who he said he is on your behalf. And he's going to accomplish in you the work that he began in you until the day of Christ Jesus. It's a constant work. We're constantly growing in our faith. So you have to begin to exercise the things that God is speaking to you. And you can, and nobody goes to the gym that hasn't worked out for a long time. I'm just, I just went to the gym. My uh, baby's now 19 months. I don't even know when the last time I've even been there. So I just went back for one, just we need a daycare to like, <laughs> I have no babysitter. So I'm like, can you just take my kids so I can make an email? But I ran on the treadmill for like 30 minutes. I was shot. My legs were killing me. I'm like, if what would have happened if I would have went and just started pumping some iron and doing all this crazy stuff and getting all crazy? I probably wouldn't be here today. <laughs> I would not be able to get out of bed. God knows these things. It's almost just a visual of the spirit. God knows that we need to start taking those babysits to exercise our faith, to put into practice godliness in the things. And that's how you put to death those things. You guys know what's right and wrong. You guys already know those things. And in some areas where we may be, uh, you know, God is going to reveal there's a little bit of ignorance there because they're just really deep places and they're in all of us. He, has, he knows when to reveal those things. But you can start with the very basics. And really, when I look at this portion of scripture, what I was going to say a minute ago, when you really, uh, when I look at this, there's really, there's four areas, but you can tie them up in three. You need to exercise godliness in your thoughts. And I'll go into that in your words. And indeed. You know, the Bible says that from the heart, all kinds of issues of life, really it starts with, with your mind. Like we talked about, this plant, this thing that the enemy wants to conceive in your mind, then it takes conception in your heart and it bursts sin. And then you allow that to keep growing, it's just going to breed death in your life. It really starts in a thought process. That's where the enemy has a lot more control. And it's really where, it, you know, it isn't always the enemy. We got the Bible, James just said right before that. A lot of times it's because we just have this stuff in our heart. Because of our fallen nature, there's just wickedness that lives inside of us. And there's, the Bible says that our heart is more deceitful above all else. Like, I know how sometimes wicked my heart can be. <clears throat> I'm just real with that. I understand that I have to like take captive those thoughts. And a lot of times it's a me. I was just talking to Nolan and he was just saying, we're our own worst critic. So true. A lot of times it's head. It's all head. A lot of it is in your head. And even if it isn't, the Bible says, submit yourself to God, resist, and he'll flee from you. 
So whether we want to give him a bunch of credit or it really is us, it doesn't even matter. Just submit to God. Just submit to godliness. Just submit to exercising the things that you know his word is calling you to exercise. And it begins with your thought process. And then guarding your heart, of course. But this is a big one, your words. And that's what I was going to say, our, our words, lady. The Bible says that it is not what goes into our mouth, but it is what comes out of our mouth that defiles us. And I'm always very vulnerable, man. I was just so convicted about two months ago with the complaining and all of that. And it's just, just so convicted by the words that come out of my mouth sometimes and just the complainingness. And, you know, sometimes we don't even really know that we're kind of gossiping when, you know, we got a lot going on, deal with a lot of situations. And I just felt like God's like, if you're not going to pray, shut your mouth about that person. If you're not going to begin to speak life over them, shut your mouth. It doesn't even matter. You know, Rosie always says, nobody's got any business bringing up what Christ paid the price for. Nobody's got any business what Jesus died for is in none of our business what somebody else has got going on in their lives. We need to make sure we're right because it starts right here. Your words have a lot of power. They, life is in the power of the tongue. You can go back and read James chapter 3 where it just, I mean, it's just, and it really convicted me because he starts that out by saying not many of you should be teachers. <laughs> How many of you should be a mouthpiece because we all sin in many ways. And then he goes on and gives this illustration of the tongue. I'm like, man, I don't ever want to pick up a mic again. I don't want to stand in front of nobody because I know. But I just cried out. I think it was a Jeremiah. Woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips. Take the coal and cleanse me, Lord. And then as he goes through this, and I'm a man of, uh, amongst the people of unclean lips. But you know what happened? Is the Lord met him and pretty much forgave him. And once he understood that the Lord forgives him, gave him, he said, now go. Now go. I've cleansed you. I've forgiven you. Now go and be my mouthpiece. Go and tell the people. And so it was just the same process. I was on my floor. God cleansed me. I'm a woman of unclean lips. And I need to know that you forgive me and wash over me. And the Lord affirmed me in that and said, now go. Now you'll have the strength to be able to go and tell them. But our words have so much effect on the people around us and even on ourselves. And we all know that. I, I don't know if I shared this with LA or whatnot, but no, I think it was somewhere else. But anyways, um, you know, my father uh, just really wounded me with his words when I was a little kid. You know, I, I kind of told you that I was just uneducated and all that kind of stuff. And so school was really, really hard for me. And I remember just trying. I would try as a young, young kid. Like, I wanted to understand. But it got to a point where I, I remember one time going into my room and I or into my dad's room. And I'm like, can you help me with this? You know, some homework or something. And I remember him just saying, it pierced my heart so deep. He said, what are you, stupid or something? You can't figure this out? And I just remember leaving that room, and I was just a little kid. I don't even know, six, seven years old, maybe even younger than that. And I was just dumbfounded. And I remember taking that identity, you're stupid. I can't figure this stuff out, so I'll go do something else. I'll be the class clown, and that's what I was. I just acted out. Everybody would have to read in front of class. And as soon as, you know, the people would have to stand up and read, that was when I just started bouncing off of my chair because I was just embarrassed, and I'd get kicked out of class. That's exactly what I wanted. 
because I just felt like I couldn't do what everybody else did. And I remember carrying that into Ventura. <clears throat> and uh, we used to have to study for our GED. And we just have the sweetest little staff member. And I remember just, I was trying. I really wanted to. I knew God was like calling me. You know, he had spoken to me. You're going to get your GED, Crystal. You're going to get your license back. I never thought I'd receive those things back. Those were just simple things to me, you know, but they were like big. So we would study for our GED. And I remember just one day I was just so frustrated to try to comprehend, you know, all of what's going on. I just said, I'm stupid. I can't figure this out. I'm not kidding. That little sweet little staff member. I've had some sweet little people get crazy with me. Okay. <laughs> I think they feel like I, they know that I need it, you know, but she just looked at me and she said, you are not stupid. You have just never been taught. I'm not kidding. It pierced my eye. It was just like the Holy Spirit. I'm reteaching you new things. Every time somebody, and I always have this, uh, this illustration of like, you know, when you go to school to be a doctor, any of you that have went to school to start studying some kind of profession, you never walk into that profession knowing everything. Never. I mean, why would you pay uh, fifty dollars to $100,000 if you go to school? It just seems ridiculous. But you're, you're learning, you're growing. And I just really, I went from that place of I just knew I was never going to be accomplished this to yes, I was. God is teaching me new things. And I grabbed a hold of what that woman told me. I'm not stupid. I'm just relearning life all over. I share this all the time. Miss Maria Luna, she is just a lifesaver to me. I remember going home on my first pass. I, I, I didn't go home for like, I don't know, six to seven months while I was in the program. I don't, I don't remember when or whatever. But I remember going on my first pass and coming home and just freaking out in her office. Like I was just dumbfounded. I was different and they were not. And I just, everything I had learned was a lie. And I was tripped out. And she was just like, you're going to be okay. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. I'm not going to be okay. This is not okay. Like, what the heck is going on? And my whole world was just turned upside down. And it was scary. But I don't know how I got off on all that from thought, words, and deeds. <laughs> so we'll get back to that. This is just a new process. And indeed, <clears throat> indeed, that you just very practically, this is practical. God is very much, I've learned so much for years. Um, some of my spiritual moms and mentors or whatever, they used to just call me the infinity and beyond because I just lived in the clouds with Jesus. And there's nothing wrong with that. The Bible says right in that same passage in, um, in uh, Romans chapter eight around there or whatnot, it talks about that the mind fixed upon the flesh is death. But the mind that is upon the spirit is life and peace. That the physical things, when you try to figure things out in the natural realm, you're going to be spinning your wheels. But when you live in what God has said, it's life to you and it's peace. But I've learned so much that, yes, very much. I've had encounters with the Lord. He's healed my body. I mean, he, I wasn't even able to have children and God opened my womb and that's a whole nother story. I've just seen miracle after miracle and I just wanted to live in this supernatural place with the Lord. But I've learned so much that he is very real in the practical. That we have to learn how to walk in the practical in obedience. Because really that's where like my relationship comes from in my, in my house. Washing my dishes and watching my kids and chasing them around and disciplining them and keeping them from killing each other and killing themselves and all that good stuff. Like, it's just crazy. It's just crazy. Somebody needs to sympathize with me. 
Uh, bless them. They teach me so much. But it's indeed the simple deeds. You know, the Lord said that I hear my husband say this all the time, and it just really has penetrated my heart and, and really changed my thinking. But he talks about, he says that, you know, um, what does he say? No. <laughs> what is that? Uh, you know, few are the laborers in the kingdom. What's that? Pray because few are the laborers. And the harvest is plentiful. You know, pray to the Lord of the harvest. Thank you very much. For the laborers are few. Not the preachers, not the teachers, but the laborers. Willing to do the hard work. You know, he, Paul exhorts Timothy, do the work of an evangelist. I started meditating on that. What's the work of an evangelist? I've kind of started realizing that I feel like that's our life. That's been our life. I mean, just ready to uproot and move and do whatever God is calling you to do and build relationships and that's exhausting and have one door after another closed in your face, but to keep going because you know that God has called you and that he's opening doors and just to keep going and pressing forth and, and tilling the ground and just, it's hard, hard work. And that's really where the joy of what we do comes from. Just the Bible says that, you know, when a lazy man lays on his bed, I think it's a proverb, you know, he kind of tosses and turns. But he who works hard during the day will lay his head down and have sweet sleep. Like I can lay my head down and I know that I've just worked hard for the kingdom. And don't get me wrong, I don't, wanna, I don't ever want to lose myself in that. And we can. And God knows how to fix all that and, and make that all right. He knows how to slow us down. But I know that I'm doing what God has called me to do, and I'm working hard at it, and I'm seeing the fruit. So it's indeed doing the simple things that you know are right, because the Bible says that to us, what we know, the good we know we ought to do and we don't do it, that's sin to us. I was just meditating on those, like, I don't even know how to say it, omnip sins and whatever. It's like sin that you know you shouldn't be doing and then there's sin where you there's good you know you should do and you don't do it i know there's i'll be in the grocery store with my crazy little kids and i just know that the lord wants me to say something to this person and just say jesus loves you and i'm like baby's falling out of the thing and everybody's all crazy and that's nothing new to me they're just terrorizing each other my son's knocking all the apples down you know it's crazy and i'm just like i can't do this right now i can't even deal with my own life and I just leave there so convicted because I knew, I know the Holy Spirit. I mean, it just out of the corner of my eye, I'm like, whoa, God wants to say something to them. I can't deal with this right now, though. I got to go. Man, and I just, I'm like, God, please don't let me miss those opportunities. All you want is a simple mouth. All you need is someone to give you a simple, to go and give somebody a simple hug. Those promptings in you that the Holy Spirit is going to uh, just kind of prompt you, just go over there and sit with your sister. Just go over there, and you don't even got to say nothing. Sometimes, and I was sharing with my small group yesterday, man, th this is a big thing. We don't even need to say something a whole lot of the times. Just that deed of just sitting there and letting somebody know, Dina shared that, that somebody's there, that they're not alone. This is an argument between me and my husband all the time. I'll tell him all my drama and he's always trying to fix it. <laughs> Bless his heart. And he does a lot of the times. Just, I just want you to listen to me. But so how do we exercise godliness? How do we put to death the things of the flesh by the spirit? 
by exercising in your thought, in your word, and that's a hard one, and indeed. So remember, as we walk out of these doors and all the excitement and everything, it is real. It is real. But the enemy always wants to come and challenge it. So you put one baby foot in front of one foot, and I do the same exact thing, and I just walk out in the moment as every challenge comes my way. I'm just asking the Lord for wisdom and how to execute righteousness in the very moment because it is always different. And you guys, it's the same way. This is how you're going to begin to build that muscle in you, the Holy Spirit muscle in you as you have received him. So now he's going to grow in you. And you're going to learn how to put to practice the very simple things of your faith. Amen, ladies? So, again, I know it's exciting. We, it has been an exciting work that God has done. And don't allow the enemy to rob you from that either. But just know when you walk out of these doors and you go back to the mundane, you go back to sweeping, you go back to cleaning and classes and all that stuff, find the joy in the simple things that you do, that you're doing. And don't allow the enemy to take that and wait patiently, just as Abraham did, just as Sarah, for the promise that God has spoken to you through this time of awake. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you haven't already, subscribe today on your mobile device to get exclusive new content from Teen Challenge of Southern California. For more information, visit us on the web at teenchallenge.org.